Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. God bless you. Good morning. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, MIP is COVID free. Free meaning you don't need a subscription to MIP every day now for a limited time. While we endure this pandemic, we want to make it available to everyone. So wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, MIP is COVID free and available to you and everyone without a subscription. Of course, there is a great deal of concern these days about how COVID-19 is affecting the incarcerated community. A lot of concern there. Who better to talk to than someone who's had very close to the same experience? She spent 17 years in the California Valley State Prison for women during the time of SARS and H1N1. She currently is a national surrogate with the Represent Justice campaign. Very happy to have with us today, April Grayson. April, God bless you. How are you? 
I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And how are you? I'm I'm good. I'm hanging in here. Uh, how are how are you and your family members faring in this uh, pandemic? Everybody okay? Um, we're okay. We're okay. It's a little struggle trying to teach children that they can't hug people. Um, but other than that, we're fine. Okay. Okay. What part of the country are you in right now? I'm in California, Sacramento, California. You're in Sacramento. Okay. Uh, in the capital. All right. Um, you and Represent Justice have been working on, I believe, seeking clemency for many people so they won't be in prison during this pandemic. We are asking for um, the governor and our, our politicians and lawmakers to take in consideration people who are elderly or who have immunocompromised, whose immune systems are compromised in um, allowing them maybe a chance at coming home sooner because of the pandemic, yes. And you're not just doing this in California. This is around the country, isn't it? It's around the country. Yeah. In different countries, what I've been looking at is different countries have different situations based on the populations in the prisons. So like if you take Rikers, for example, like Rikers is a very large prison. And so situations tend to get out of hand faster in larger prisons. So this is, we're in every state um, organizing and asking our governors and our legislators to please let the elderly go. Care not cages. Do you feel like you're, you're making progress uh, in this? Are you being heard? So I'll speak. So Represent Justice as its own campaign is a very powerful campaign um, based on, you know, Warner Brothers, Just Mercy, Scott Budnick, so that in its own, I believe that it has like a large following. And then so for me and my organization on the ground, um, we're doing Twitter storms weekly. And I want to say two weeks ago, we did a, a large Twitter storm. And the governor, the same day as our Twitter storm released, not released, he commuted 22 people. So I do think, and Governor Cuomo in New York did his own commutations and his own work around releases. So I do think that um, the more that we use social media as a tool and the more that we as a community rally around awareness and education through social media, they are listening to us, yes. Yeah, that, that's good. You have some personal experience with this, don't you? I do have some personal experience with this. Now you were in prison for 17 years, correct? Yes. And um, you were there during um, SARS and H1N1. Tell us about that. So I want to say H1N1 was the one where we were more aware of it. Like we always hear about stuff, but because we can't see it or touch it or feel it, we don't really know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But with H1N1 in particular, um, staff were coming in with masks on to protect themselves from us. And so that's how we knew that something was going on and then also um, they were bringing in undiluted chemicals to our units to make sure that our cells were clean and that the unit was clean. Mm -hmm. And then making, they were very intentional about getting us our um, quarterly packages and our canteen because we were gonna be locked into our cells. And so they wanted to ensure that anything that our loved ones had sent us, we were able to have it. Mm -hmm. it, it during that experience, were there people who uh, were infected as a result 
of being incarcerated? Were, were they more vulnerable at that time? So the funny thing about that is, yes, we're more vulnerable, but we're only more vulnerable because we're in a controlled environment and the staff can bring it to us. Mm-hmm. And then we're more vulnerable because if a person shows any flu-like symptoms, you then go on quarantine. But most of this stuff happens during flu season anyway. And so I think that they're very much more vulnerable because they then lose their privileges as a result of these epidemics and pandemics that go on in the world. Mm-hmm. But we're vulnerable because staff bring us whatever it is that's going on in the world. We can't infect yeah. ourselves. Yeah, that's true. We don't have access to these viruses or diseases. Yeah, people forget it's not just... Uh, those of us who are locked up, it's people who work there coming in from the outside too. Like right now, this morning, I got a phone call from Chowchilla and they're making a makeshift medical in their gym. Mm -hmm. And so, but they're saying that they're using this makeshift medical for the police in case the police get sick to like keep them in too. So there's so much buzz on the inside about what's going on with this makeshift medical because once these prison populations get sick, there's going to be no controlling it because there is no social distance in prison, especially in the woman's prison that I was in because they're eight to a cell. You cannot socially distance eight women in a box. There's no one. So as far as we know, um, there are, um, there's no, nothing creative or nothing adjusted for social distancing currently, right? No, not at all. That's... That's kind of crazy. It is crazy when you know your population and you're put in charge of this population to manage it and to not take into consideration the fact that like in any unit in the prison I was in, there's 256 women in that one unit, Uh eight to a cell, 64 to a hallway. Uh There is no way they can social distance. If one gets sick, they're going to put that one person back in that room and quarantine the whole room. And now eight people, seven, are susceptible to this one person who they think might or might not have COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. Um, And this obviously is a lot more serious than SARS and H1N1 were at the time. they, They were contagious, but not as contagious as this one and as widespread. And the way, like... And I think because how long it can live in the air, it can live on the clothes. Like this this morning, they, I got a call. They said their dryers aren't working in the unit. And they're now fearful because if the dryers aren't working, how can they put their clothes in the dryer to kill the virus? So it's just, it's just, this, this one is different. It's very different because it's airborne. It lasts for so long in the air. It lasts for so long on the clothes. And nobody, you can be, you can be having it for 14, 15 days without showing symptoms. Give us an, an idea of what it was like when you were inside and those other epidemics were going on. Were, were you nervous? Were you scared at all? I don't think so. I don't, I don't really remember all of the emotions around that because when you're doing time, you're doing time. Mm-hmm. And it's like to do your time, you can't focus on other things outside of you and you really can't even focus on what's going on in the world. You have to just focus on your immediate, your cell, your unit, your program. So I don't recall being, having any fear. I just remember that staff walking on the yard with a mask 
and me feeling, I was, I think I felt violated because she felt she had to protect herself from me. And I was the one that needed the mask because I needed to protect myself from her because she was the one that was able to come and go. Mm -hmm. um, I think just the care, the way that they treat us and the way that like we lose our privileges, like you earn your privileges, you earn your right to program, you earn your right to your phone calls. And the second something like this happens, they punish us. So I think it's just, just remembering like I'm on punishment. This, this lady thinks I'm infected and how can I infect her? Like, it's just a whole, it's almost like you feel worthless. Like they make you feel worthless in that moment. I think that's and, more of how I can articulate. No, I understand. And, and obviously the experience of being incarcerated on its own can be demoralizing enough, can it? Without a virus in play, right? Mm -hmm. And that's even if you have the sense to know that they're dehumanizing you. A lot of us, when we come to prison, we don't even realize that we should be treated a certain type of way. Right. So we allow the abuse because we we come from such traumatic histories that this is normal for us. Yeah. And so when you come to a sense of, wait a second, I'm supposed to be treated a little bit better than this. It's usually like, it took me a very long time. I think almost when I came home that I realized that that's not normal, how we treat our incarcerated people. Yeah. And, so and very what about, I mean, obviously you have a right to visits from family and loved ones in a situation like this. I guess that doesn't happen either. No, and the thing about it, because there's a lot of talk out here with us in the social justice movement. Um, me personally, when this first happened, I was like, yeah, shut their visits down. Because my whole thought was to keep them safe. Like, how do we keep them safe? Mm -hmm. And as much as you need your visits is as much as you need your health, though. And the only way I'll keep going back, the only way that the people inside will get it is if somebody brings it to them. And how sad would it be if your mother or your child brought you something while you're incarcerated that you might not live to see your, your freedom? Right. So they will not be having visits. And I think that that might be the best thing. So you obviously, based upon your experience, I guess you feel a duty and a responsibility to take action in the way that you're taking action with Represent Justice now, huh? I do. So women as a whole are a very underserved population, um, especially in California as, well, I don't want to say now because we're working towards changing that, but we have a, a, a system that is 30 something male prisons versus three or four women prisons. Mm -hmm. And so we're not the first thought that people think of. And so for me, realizing that like the whole time I was incarcerated, women are the ones that are forgotten. They're the ones that don't get visits. They're the ones that black women in particular are highly criminalized. And so for me to come home and, and really like understand how we treat our people who are incarcerated and how we treat our women, it is my duty to, um, to, to shout it from the rooftops, yeah. the assistance that is needed. How'd you get involved with Represent Justice? That's a nice story. So. <laughs> Um, I was an ARC member first, um, you know, Scott Budnick's um, first organization, the Anti-Recidivism Coalition. Um, from there, I went on a tour with Common. He does prison tours, the Hope and Redemption tours. 
And um, Common, actually, I was able to go back in my, the prison I had paroled from for the first time. From there, Common released a documentary. Um, my name had come up to a few people that I was uh, forced to be reckoned with in the social justice movement. Gretel, I want to say, interviewed me, and here I am. Wow, that's amazing. How, how long ago were you, did you walk out of prison? 2020, so it'll be five years in June. We're in what, March, April, April. So in two months, it'll be five years. Have you fully readjusted? I thought I did until this pandemic hit. Mm. And then I realized that I still had some institutionalized behaviors. Really? Yes. Like what? So when the world went on, well, I won't say the world, when my office is based in San Francisco. So when San Francisco went on um, shelter in place, my boss called me and she said, we're going on shelter in place. Make sure your stuff is taken care of. They went on shelter in place a week before I did in Sacramento. But the second that they told me we were quarantined, I literally locked myself in my room. Like I went in my room and I stayed in there for a week. I, maybe a week and a half. Like I went grocery shopping because she said we were going on lockdown. So I went grocery shopping. I got my toilet paper. I got my food. I had got my stuff. And I went in my room. Wow. And I stayed in there. So in terms of institutionalization, you hearing quarantine triggered you to do what you did when you were locked up and go in your room and just stay there. Mm -hmm. They were calling me saying, I'm on lockdown. I was like, me too. Like, <laughs> I'm locked in my cell also. Yeah. It just, that's what's normal. You lock yourself down. So yeah. I yeah. locked myself down. Well, you know, I've been saying that this experience ought to make us all empathize um, with the incarcerated community because now we know what it feels like somewhat, somewhat, just somewhat to be in solitary, you know? Um, so I, I would say that was an institutional memory in this case that probably served you well. So you wouldn't be- Yes oh. and no. Okay. Yes and no. I don't want to take it lightly because there have been some people that have referenced this to prison and lockdown. And um, the thing about out here is you can get your food delivered to your door without limits. Right. You can have UPS and Amazon. Like I've had more Amazon deliveries than I've ever had since I've been home in the last week. Right. And so if people feel this deprived with so much privilege and not even understanding how much privilege they still have access to, and so like, it's just, it's, it's a really, it's hard for me when people compare this to prison or lockdown because they have so much privilege still. still right, 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 right. Well, and, and people so used to that privilege, I would still hope that their people's discomfort with that would make them at least think about how much privilege the incarcerated community does not have. You know, folk lose a little bit of their privilege and lose their minds. So imagine what our incarcer incarcerated sisters and brothers have to go through, you know? They're doing much better than we are. They're not fighting over toilet paper. They're not fighting over stuff. Like they're, they're taking care of each other. Yep. They, are, they are taking much better care of each other than this world has an understanding of. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're reaching out to these um, um, these governors, um, represent justices, folks. And if people want to get involved 
uh, April in uh, the Represent Justice movement, what can they do? They can do it at representjustice.org slash action. And, and April, if, you, if let's pretend, I know I don't look like one, but let's pretend you're talking to a governor right now. Make the case for uh, your sisters and brothers, our sisters and brothers who are incarcerated and, and, and what a governor should be thinking about and doing right now. So I would ask my governor to take a walk into the Central Valley Women's Prison. It's not called that, it's a Central, well, that prison. And to go see if the warden is making sure that the lieutenants are doing their jobs. Make sure that the captains are ensuring that their yards are running smoothly. I think that if we were to take a walk into the prison, we would see that it's not as safe and secure as we had deemed it to be. I think that they should go take a look and see what do the chemicals look like? Are the washing machines up and running? How are they being treated? And look at the, the situation, how unclean and how unsanitary and how unsafe it was. They would then be more, urge, I would urge them to let people come home or to look at like, to, to look at people's sentences, like me, myself, I was deemed a violent person, but had I had a year to come home, they wouldn't have let me come home, but I was already rehabilitated. I had rehabilitated myself, but because we're looking at people for cases and crimes they committed 20 and 30 years ago, we're, we're having a certain mind frame in a way that we view people. We need to take off that lens right. and look at the work and the action that people are doing inside. Right. Because we have some people inside who are doing some amazing work on themselves and doing work out here. So take a walk in your prison. Go see what your prison really looks like. And you mentioned people, because that's another and point. And let your people too. come home. I, they're his people too. They're his community members. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but you, you mentioned too people who've been serving time. And for some people, some of their time is almost up, right? And and those are some of the folk that really ought to be considered in this. To you know, why why make them linger if their time's almost up? And and, and if the prison's doing its job, you got twenty, and you on eighteen and nineteen. If you ain't rehabilitated by now, I mean, that's the system's fault, isn't it? I might tread lightly around that. Okay. I will say that we rehabilitate ourselves. I will say that I was the, the generation of no programming. I rehabilitated myself. Wow. Um, I do want to say they get a lot of money for rehabilitation. I got you. I got you. Okay. I hate um, <laughs> I hate it. Good point. Point well taken. I stand corrected. Yeah. Yeah, that's the perspective to have. Well, sister, we appreciate appreciate you. And uh, you have family? You have children? No babies. No babies? Okay. No babies. All right. And so what else are you spending your time doing um, besides represent justice? So I actually, I work for um, an organization called the Young Women Shooting Center. I am the statewide coordinator for the Sister Warrior Freedom Coalition. And right now, thanks to Represent Justice, we are able to do on the ground work to our family members, our community members who are coming home. Um, everybody that's a part of our coalition is formerly incarcerated or currently incarcerated. And so some people are in need of groceries, they're in need of like just day-to-day -day essentials. And so we have been on the ground getting out funds to people and making sure they have what they need while they're shut in and locked in. Also, I work for um, an anti-human trafficking organization. So like just last night I was out um, passing out um, safety supply kits to the ladies that are out there. So 
um, I'm on the front line. I want yeah. to ensure that people are safe and they have what they need. Amen. And so that's what we're doing, mobilizing and advocacy work and yeah. on the ground, direct service. Well, you, you, are, you a true soldier, sister, I admire you. So look, for, forgive you. me, I have to ask this question. Is that a rooster out here? Oh God, my neighbor. <laughs> so yesterday the rooster was crowing in the backyard and I was told my neighbor, I was like, hey, that's kind of loud. So but it's a real rooster. Yes, they that's got not, a whole So your neighbor's not making a rooster noise. That's a rooster. When it started, I was like, oh my God. Yes. They have a whole rooster farm next door. Oh. Okay. It's a situation. <laughs> it's a situation that was embarrassing right now. <laughs> well, I mean, how do you get any rest? I mean, you you I guess you have to get up real early every morning, don't you? Well, usually, so where the rooster is at right now, it's in the garage and my house is long. So I'm in the back, so I don't hear it. But yesterday he had it outside and I was like, hey, buddy, you cool, but your rooster <laughs> is tripping. But what's wrong with the rooster? So then he uh, put the rooster in the garage. All right. Well, bless your neighbor's heart and the roosters too. They're going to eat that poor rooster. So <laughs> they do, they, 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 they eat, kill them and cook them. Is that what they do? Something's going on over there. Okay, that's Sacramento, y'all. No, 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 that's them. That's just they're not Sacramento. That's, that's just them. <laughs> that's just them. April, 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 you're great. Um, represent justice folks to get involved. Uh, I'm here in New York in the epicenter. Uh, Buckwild, what's going on at Rikers? Representjustice.org, Commons involved, April's involved. A lot of great people are involved in this. Why don't you get involved? Representjustice.org. April, y'all send me a t-shirt too. I like that t-shirt. You got so, it. Uh, they can hear you. My 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 people that got charges. I know that's why I said it. They can hear you. I can I say one more thing also before please, we um please shut do. down? So um on Saturday, we have a thing that we're running called influential justice, hashtag influential justice. And it's a series bringing awareness to the needs of our incarcerated brothers and sisters. And so on Saturday at 12 o'clock, my time, Cali time, which is three o'clock your time, I will be doing a live Instagram um, recording with the syncopated ladies, wonderful African-American ladies who were tap dancing for justice. I probably didn't say that right, so don't quote me, but we're gonna be doing um, some awareness and some talks to let people know what's going on. Instagram, 12 o'clock, influential justice. What's your, well, what's your Instagram? So we'll know. It'll be on the represent justice at represent justice. No, at we rep justice Instagram. At we rep justice Instagram. Well, it's on Instagram. I'm probably talking too fast. So at we rep justice. Yeah, I got it. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> we rep justice. Challenge. I probably don't got it. It's me. That's the. <laughs> no, you. I'm sure you can hold it. I'm looking now. Wait a minute. I'm going on Instagram right now. We rep Justice. I'm gonna see they just had a live a few. I want to say the yesterday, the day before, with Devon Franklin and Topeka K. Sam. Yeah, like we're doing good things. Represent Justice is really highlighting the people who are in the community doing the work. Like they're obviously they're making the campaigns about us to show what we're doing. That's great. Women incarcerated people on the front lines. Yeah, um, I uh, I have a lot of colleagues who work directly in the reentry community and in re doing reentry work and uh, uh, I've you know help out when I can so no I this is this is very very important um, 
Thank you, April. Keep Thank up, you. keep up the great work. We're gonna look for you on Saturday. Saturday, that's Saturday at noon Pacific, three Eastern on Instagram. You know, y'all on Instagram more and more these days. At we rep. They ain't got a choice. They ain't got no choice. They ain't got no choice. All right. April, thank you so much, okay? Thank you. God bless you. Keep up the great work. Uh, our sisters and brothers need you, and they're blessed to have you. We all are blessed to have you, all right? Thank you. All right. Thank you, April. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.